Good morning, and welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael, and today is going to be a great day. You are about to learn something on this live stream that is going to change your life and the way that you read the Bible, your intimacy with God, and your entire relationship now that you're a born-again Christian. I'm going to reveal to you today the hidden secrets, the hidden truths of the cross. What actually happened when Jesus died for us? Many people think that they know the entirety of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, but I guarantee you today you're going to realize that you have not been taught the full gospel is what we call it. You have not been taught what actually happened when Jesus carried that cross to Calvary and was put on it, died for you, and rose again from the dead. So as you're jumping on this live stream right now, give this video a thumbs up, share it with three people, and let me know in the comments where you're watching from today. Hello, Jasmine. Hello, everyone. All the usuals. I love all, all, of, our, uh, all of our usual watchers. You guys are awesome. I love you. Hello, Antonio, Christian, Elaine, Maloko, David, Mikal, James, and Heather Harrelston. You've been faithful on Facebook. God bless you. It's great to, to get to know you. Hello, Amber. Jasmine is watching from Virginia. John Stafford, my good friend. John Stafford, I just got your letter in the mail. Merry Christmas, my friend. And Merry Christmas to every one of you that are watching. This week is going to be an awesome week. The Bible says, hello, Mercy. The Bible says that God crowns the year with abundance and glory. Hello, James in Indianapolis. God actually crowns the end of year, end of the year with glory and with splendor. David's in Ghana. Ilana's in Arizona. Wow, this is great. We got people that are saying this is their first time watching. Hello in Malaysia. We got people everywhere. I love you guys. All right, I got to Alabama. Sometimes I get caught up saying hi to everybody. But no one joined this live stream to watch me say good morning to everyone. So I, I'm going to make a course correction. I'm going to teach you the hidden truth of what happened on the cross. Many people, if you ask them, what's the gospel? They would say, well, the son of God came to the earth. He died for me so that I could be forgiven of my sins. That if I believe in him, then I'll go to heaven. Which is, yes, that's true. But if you think... That that's the, the depth of God and what he accomplished with sending his son to the earth. You're gravely mistaken. There is so much more in the message of the gospel. In Acts chapter 14, verse 8, it said that there was a lame man. Look, people are already given. I love it. God bless you. Thank you for your giving today. While I'm preaching, if you get blessed... You can give through Super Chat like you can see in the comments people are already given. The depth of the full gospel goes much deeper than just you getting into heaven. Jesus made a way for heaven to get into you in this life. Romans 5.17 says, so that we may reign as kings in this life. When Adam was created by God, the devil snuck into the garden, deceived Eve. Eve got Adam to fall into the trickery. And when God gave Adam all dominion over all the creatures of the earth, 
Adam gave that to Satan. Satan stole it from Adam when Adam sinned and obeyed Satan. In the book of Romans, it says that whomever you obey is your master. So you make a decision in life. Who do I obey? Do I obey God? Do I obey his word? Or do I obey the devil and the ways of the world? When Adam obeyed Satan, mankind fell into sin, as the Bible describes it. We entered into a fallen state where sin caused a separation in relationship to God. And it caused us to die spiritually. That's why God directed Adam and Eve and said, You can eat of every fruit in the garden, but do not touch the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because then you will surely die. Well, when they ate that fruit, they didn't die in the natural. Their body was still alive. Their heart was still beating. But their spirit man died. The life of God no longer was in them. They gave up their authority and dominion over the earth. And shame entered their life. They were clothed in the glory of God before sin came. And then shame and condemnation came on them because of sin. Somebody type this in the comments. Sin is a doorway for condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Second half of the verse, Romans 8.1 who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. So as a born-again Christian, you're not meant to walk in shame and condemnation because it actually hinders the Spirit of God in you and God's blessing in your life. It hinders your ability to use your faith, to release your faith, to operate in faith. Condemnation holds you back. The way that you conquer condemnation is learning your identity in Christ and walking holy. Walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Verse 2, Romans 8-2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has given us victory over the law of sin and death. When Jesus died for you and for me, He gave us the power and authority to reign victorious over sin. Sin no longer has a hold on me. Sin is under my feet. Jesus restored dominion to us to live as kings in this life. And before I get too far ahead of myself, let's, let's read this together. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans, the first chapter, verse 16. Paul says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel. If you're not ashamed of the gospel, type in the comments, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The power of God, another translation says, saving everyone who believes. There's three realms of salvation. We'll call it dimensions. There's three dimensions of salvation. Number one. When you give your life to the Lord Jesus, you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. He was born of a virgin. He came in the flesh. He died for you and rose again from the dead. You become a born again Christian. The Bible says God comes in. He takes out your old heart and puts his spirit within you and puts a new heart of flesh in you instead of that old stony heart. 
That's what happens when you get born again. Your spirit receives eternal salvation. Then, remember that word salvation is zoe. It means the life of God is literally injected into and transforms your spirit man. Abundant, zoe, God kind of life. The very life of God that flows from the river of life from the very throne of God. The life of God gets injected into your spirit, man, and it says that you become one with God's spirit. But then the second dimension is the saving of your souls. 1 Peter 1.8 says, Though you do not see him, you love him, and you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 9 says, Receiving the outcome of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So your soul goes through a transformation, a salvation process in this life. Romans 12.2 says that we are not conformed to the patterns of this world, but instead transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amber said, what verse? 1 Peter 1.8 and then Romans 12.1 and 2. Currently, we're in Romans chapter 1, where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God saving everyone who believes. So there's power in the gospel. Somebody type in the comments, there is power in the gospel. Any gospel without power is not the gospel. If there was no power in the gospel, then when Jesus was on the cross, there would have been no dark presence that came over him. There would have been no earthquake. There would have been no centurion that said, surely this was the son of God. There is power in the gospel. The whole gospel, the entire Bible, all of history revolves around the moment Jesus died, descended into the lowest parts of the earth, raised again on the third day, and eventually ascended into heaven. The entirety of creation and history revolves around that one point of history. Power in the gospel. Paul said there is power in the gospel. There's so much power in the gospel that it traveled all the way back in time, thousands of years, and reversed everything that happened in Adam and put God's grace over entire millenniums. So much power in the gospel that as Paul was preaching in Acts chapter 14, verse 8, it says he preached the gospel And as he was preaching the gospel, a man born crippled had faith to be healed. So Paul said, get up. And he stood up on his feet totally healed. It doesn't say that Paul was preaching on healing scriptures. It says he was preaching the gospel because healing is a part of the gospel. I'm going to cover this right now. I'm going to give you an in-depth version or look at the gospel. What really happened on the cross? This will be the foundation of your Christian life. It will be everything that you build your life on. Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, the firm foundation. He said, a man that builds his life on my word is a wise man that builds his life on the rock. When the winds of life and the storms of life and the waves of life blow and crash, the house is not shaken. When you get this today in your spirit, man, 
Your life will never be shaken ever again. I've taught this before. When sin entered into the world, these are the manifestations of it. (coughs) Excuse me. Number one, when sin came into the world, it brought death. God never intended for us to die. He created us in his likeness and in his image, immortal. Number one, sin brought death. In the form of sickness and disease. Sickness and disease. Sin always leads to sickness and disease and eventually death. The book of James says that a man is lured or enticed by his own desires. And when that desire is conceived, lustful uh, desires, bad desires, when those bad desires are conceived, they give birth to sin. And sin ultimately leads to death. So sin brought death, sin brought sickness, sin brought disease, and sin brought poverty. These four manifestations of sin that came into the earth that separated us from the perfect will of God for creation. So all four of those things were totally reversed when Jesus went to the cross, died on the cross, descended into hell, and rose again from the dead. All four of these things. Paul said there was power in the gospel. Power in the gospel. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. What was really accomplished on the cross when Jesus died for us? If you haven't given this video a thumbs up already, make sure you give it a thumbs up and send it to somebody that needs to know what was really accomplished on the cross. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself, speaking of Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. By his stripes you were healed. Somebody type in the comments, I was healed. If you were healed, and you was healed, then you are healed, and you is healed. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, by his stripes we are healed. An Old Testament verse prophesying that the stripes that Jesus took on his back paid the price for our healing. Now, if those stripes were for sin, strictly to redeem us of sin then there would have been no need for Jesus to die on the cross. But they weren't. They were there for our healing. So in the spirit realm, the legal contract that said because sin entered into this world and infected mankind, now mankind will be struck with sickness and disease. That contract that was signed in the spirit realm, Jesus came and totally annihilated it shredded it to pieces covered it debt paid in full no sickness no disease can come near my dwelling and come near my tent the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead lives and dwells in me and quickens my mortal body by his stripes i was healed your healing has already been taken care of 
A great evangelist, T.L. Osborne, used to say, people are waiting for me to quit preaching so that they can receive their healing. But I'm waiting for you to receive your healing so I can quit preaching. God's word will heal you wherever you're at. The price for your healing was paid for by the 39 stripes on Jesus' back. And did you know that modern science has proven that every sickness and disease can be found in 39 different root causes? Coincidence? Absolutely not. One stripe for every root cause of every sickness and disease known to man. Jesus paid the price. So number one, Jesus paid the price for your total healing. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. No headaches, no diabetes, no cancer, no nothing. Curtis, this is live. But if you answered a question that didn't provide any value, I probably didn't answer your question. Not to be mean, but let's stay on track. What I'm teaching today is very important. It's better to to stay on track with the teaching. Amen. So he paid the price for your healing. Number two, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. All sickness and all disease is totally paid for. Second Corinthians chapter eight. Verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich. Now remember this. The Bible says Jesus gave up his divine powers when he came to be born in the flesh. He walked this earth as a man, proving to us that what he did, now that we're born again of the Spirit of God, we can also do and even greater works than these, he said. So what Jesus did on the earth was a prime example, a prototype, an archetype of what we are to look like as born-again Christians. Goodbye, Curtis. Have a great day. (laughs) For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor, that through his poverty, you might be rich. Jesus gave up streets of gold. He gave up the pearly gates of heaven. He gave up divine riches. The only begotten son of God gave up everything to come into the earth to be born in a manger. To be born in a manger. And to walk the earth with people so that we might be saved. It literally says in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, that through his poverty, we might become rich. That word might is contingent. So Jesus paid all the price for your sickness, all the price for your disease. And number three, he paid the price for you to be redeemed from the curse of poverty. Galatians 3.13 says, Jesus became a curse. He took the curse of the law on the cross when he died for us so that the curse of sickness, the curse of poverty, the curse of sin and death would be broken off of our life forever. 
Somebody type this in the comments. I will never be broke another day in my life. Jesus paid the price for you not to have to live under the curse of poverty. I grew up with not a lot of money. I remember I got in trouble one time as a young child because I ate a whole can of tuna instead of half a can for lunch one day. I got in trouble by my dad for that. That's where we were at financially. So I know what it feels like to be poor. I was poor. And even after that, when even a few years ago, I was living in a basement apartment that cost $350 a month rent. Multiple times I had negative red numbers in my bank account. <laughs> I know what it feels like to be in lack. But Jesus broke the curse of poverty off of my life forever. 2023 will be the year that you never lack again in Jesus' name. He is your shepherd. You will not lack. He supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And you will be walking in abundant favor and earthly blessings in Jesus' name come 2023. If you receive it, type I receive it in the comments. Good morning, Hallie. So he paid the price for our sickness and disease to live healthy. Number two, he paid the price for the curse of poverty to be lifted off of our life once and for all. You never have to be broke again. The only reason you'll stay broke is if you choose to stay broke. But if you'll do what the Bible says, he's lift, God has broken that off of you. You become a tither and a giver. You do what I teach you on this channel about finances. In the same way God has lifted me out of the pit the last two and a half, three years, God will do it for you and he'll even do it faster if you'll do what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. He paid the price for your sickness and for your disease. He paid the price for poverty to be broken off of your life forever. And finally, go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3. Blessed be, God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. I want you to underline that in your Bible. Highlight it. He has blessed us. Past tense. Jesus Christ has blessed us. With every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons to himself through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he graciously bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, 
has a plan for the fulfillness of time, or for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, which are in heaven and on the earth. Jesus paid the price for you to be healed. He paid the price for poverty to be broken off of your life once and for all. And he gave you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Somebody type in the comments, I've received every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Before Jesus rose and went to go be with the Father and ascended into heaven. He said, all that the Father has is mine. And all that I have, I give unto you. Therefore, all the spiritual blessings that belong to God the Father in heaven have been given to you in the spirit realm. It's just up to you to go find them in the word of God, access them, and walk them out in Jesus' mighty name. What really happened on the cross? Jesus paid the price for you to have victory over sin once and for all. Jesus paid the price for you to have freedom from sickness and disease, to live in divine health every day for the rest of your life, to have a long, satisfying life full of the life of God. He paid the price for poverty to be broken off of you forever so that you may also be rich in material wealth, able to give without measure. I'll read another verse in a second to show you what I'm talking about. And number four, Jesus paid the price for you to have every spiritual blessing, to walk in the life of God, to live a life on top, high above the nations of the earth, where you don't have to ask people for favors, People ask you for favors. You live a life with an overflowing cup. That's the price that Jesus paid for. He came to give you life and life abundantly. Type in the comments, I have abundant life. And I'll read one more thing to you and then I'm going to pray for you. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is what God wants your life to look like. And this is what your 2023 will look like. Galatians 6 says God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, a man reaps. It is a spiritual law called the law of sowing and reaping that can never be broken. Whatever you sow, you reap. The world calls it karma, but they don't realize It's a spiritual law that God put in place from the foundations of the world. Whatever you sow in this life, you reap. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Whatever you give, it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now we use that scripture to talk about finances a lot because it's true. It says whatever a man sows is what he reaps. But if you give love, you will receive love. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you give mercy, you will receive mercy. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you give favor, you will receive favor. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you give forgiveness, you will receive forgiveness. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Whatever you give comes back to you in this life. Listen to what Paul said. 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly or stingily 
will also reap sparingly or stingily. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse 7, let every man give according to the purpose in his heart or his spirit, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you always having enough. Somebody type in the comments, I always have enough. God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you always having enough for everything may abound to every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and supplies bread for your food will also multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So you will be enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which makes us give thanks to God. A lot of people say, well, Evangelist Talent, I don't have any money to give. Well, the Bible says God gives seed to the sower. God will give you seed if he knows that you're going to sow it. Pastor Mark Hankin says it this way, God will bless you on credit. <laughs> God will bless you on credit, believing that you will do what his word says and that you will sow it. And when you sow it, it will begin to multiply back into your life. Last year, I was able to spend quite a lot of money on uh, my friends and on my family for Christmas. I was actually shocked. I had never been able to spend that much money before. I'd never been able to bless people for Christmas like I was last year. This year, I was able to spend three times as much as I spent last year, and I didn't even feel it. I, I, I could have even spent more than that. And I, don't, I might not have even felt it. That's how much God has increased me year after year after year. And the reason I tell you that is not to brag. I tell you that to inspire you and let you know that the same way God has done it for me, God is going to do it for you starting today. You will never lack. You will always have enough. When you plug your finances into the kingdom of God, he pours out a blessing on you that is so great you do not have enough room to store it all. He takes you out of the land of not enough through the land of barely enough, and he plunges you into the land of more than enough. A land flowing with milk and honey, a land where the blessing of God is commanded upon you, that he overtakes you in every area of your life, where everything you touch turns to gold, and it produces, and it multiplies. And you're going to look back this time next year and say, only God could have done that. And I prophesy that over you in Jesus' mighty name. Let me pray for people. Before I pray for you, I'm going to give people an opportunity to give today and to partner with us this Christmas season. As you know, we feed 1,500 kids every single month in third world nations through an organization called Feed the Hungry. Feed the Hungry not only feeds kids that can't feed themselves, but they preach the gospel to every single one of them. So all of these kids receive an invitation to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord as well as get taken care of financially. And your giving helps us a lot with that. We're currently providing 1,500 meals every single month. And we thank you for your giving because it helps us to do that. On top of that, we also have about a dozen other ministries that we partner with on a monthly basis that are also preaching the gospel all over the planet. Missionaries, 
evangelists, churches, etc. So as you give, you're also helping us to help those people. And as you know, we are currently, at least from, from what I know, the most followed Christian YouTube channel on the planet. Like individual Christian YouTube preaching the gospel to people on the planet. So we are reaching hundreds of millions of people each and every single month by the grace of God. So I want to ask you today and encourage you and even challenge you. The Bible says a man gives as he purposes in his heart. Ask the Holy Spirit who lives in your heart what he would have you give today. What he would have you give this Christmas season. Giving gifts to family and friends is awesome. And I'm so thankful for it. But there's only one other person I'd rather give my finances to during the Christmas season. And that's the house of the Lord during Jesus' birthday. So I want to encourage you. Connect your finances to what God is doing here today. You'll be very glad you did. Jasmine said, I'm so thankful for this ministry and blessed so much by it. So many great men of God in our generation, and I'm thankful to be a part of it. Amen, Jasmine. I love you. Jasmine's a great giver. John Stafford's a great giver. Mercy's a great giver. Amber and her husband, Jeremiah, are great givers. There's so many of you that are great givers that are a part of this ministry. And a lot of you, I mean, Amber and Jeremiah and John and Mercy, you were all here when we had 7,000 subscribers. You guys are the OGs. I'm thankful that you all believed in me and you stuck around. I'm going to give people an opportunity to connect today. I believe God is going to send 30 people or more that will sow a $1,000 seed into this ministry. That will help us to totally upgrade this studio. Our new backdrop just came in. A new projector for our studio just came in. We're putting $30,000 into this studio just about to upgrade everything and to make it excellent for you and for everybody else that's going to be watching us. So I believe God's going to send 30 people that can sow a $1,000 seed each to help us continue to upgrade everything here. On top of that, I'm believing for 1,000 monthly partners that can give $84 or more every single month. A thousand monthly partners at $84 a month will move this ministry into a seven-figure ministry. We broke into the six-figure level last year. With you connecting your finances to this ministry, $84 a month is less than $3 a day. That's, that's less than most people spend on Starbucks every month. So I encourage you, connect your finances to what God is doing here. Become a monthly partner at $84 a month or more. And I believe God will bless you for it. Because that's what the Bible says. The different ways that you can give are on your screen. Cash app, dollar sign, Revival Way. Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal is at Revival Way. And you can become a monthly partner every single month at RevivalWay.com and click Partner Financially Today. And there's a little thing that you click that says Give Monthly. You can also give through Super Chat. I'm desperate for deliverance. I don't have a church in Salem that will do deliverance. Please help me, man. Hovan, thank you for your giving. Um, hold on, let me look at this comment. Alex Combs. We can help you, but I'm currently located in Ruston, Louisiana. Now, Salem, Oregon. I'm guessing that's where you're at is uh, 
quite the distance from Ruston, Louisiana. It's like 12 inches on a map, which is pretty far. I encourage you, if you need deliverance that bad, to get a plane ticket and fly out to Ruston, Louisiana and come visit us a weekend, and we'll pray for you. And we have a team that will walk you through deliverance, pray for you to be filled afresh with the Holy Ghost. Every wicked spirit will leave your life and never return. You can email my team at support at revivalway.com and find a weekend for you to come visit us. And we'd like to help you. Thank you everyone ahead of time for your giving. I'll give people a couple more moments here to give. And then I'm going to pray for you. Amen, Hallie. Brian said, what do you know about Zuli, Louisiana? I don't know much about Louisiana. So I'm not from Louisiana. I just moved here six months ago. The Lord told me to move here. I brought my team here. All seven of us came here and joined Faith Church in Ruston, Louisiana. The greatest church on the planet. In Jesus' name. I used to have a slide uh, with all the details to come to Faith Church. I'll have a new one made for people. Raging Cajun here. That's fun. I'll have a new one made so that I can start advertising for people to come here. We're in the process of building a new church building. So also, when you give to this ministry, we are sowing into that as well. But once this new church building is up, that's awesome, Alex. I'm excited for you to come. Once that new church building is up, I'll be advertising much stronger for people to come and join us at Faith Church. And we are excited to see you here. You'll love it the same way I love it. And I moved here. I moved here. Mercy moved here. Ten people totally that were connected to me moved here. Oh, thank you for your giving, Brian. I know people are giving through Super Chat. Go ahead. You can give through Super Chat as well. And I'm going to pray for you in a moment that God multiplies your seed sown. Me, Cade, Steve, Shan, Megan, Zach, Afton, Mercy, Brooklyn, Cece. Ten people that we uh, have got to move to Ruston from other states right now. Mercy's from Pennsylvania. Cece's from Texas. And I believe we're just getting started. So if you need a good church, maybe you're in a religious area like I was and you need a good spirit-filled church, prayerfully consider moving to Ruston, Louisiana, and joining us. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, every single person under the sound of my voice, as they've given today, I join my faith and I touch an agreement. Angels of favor and supernatural acceleration, go cause the word to work, cause the harvest to come in, and bring in a whopper of a harvest. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Major increase coming our way. We believe you. We believe your word, and we thank you for it ahead of time by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We will be doing a live stream on Christmas morning here at Faith Church. So I know a lot of people, 
And don't get me started on this topic. A lot of churches are closing their church on Christmas Day so that people can spend time with family. I know that sounds right, but that's wrong. Christmas is a literal season revolving around the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You should be in church on Christmas Day. So if your church is not open on Christmas morning, I encourage you, join us on our live stream at 11 a.m. We will be live streaming our church service, and we would love to have you on. I love you. I will see you Sunday morning. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. You're awesome. You're the best. I'll see you Sunday morning. Bye-bye. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched.